0: You understand, this is the house. Give to a great, you got anointing on your life. You do. There's an anointing on what God has called you to do. There's an anointing on your ladies' group. There's an anointing on the, on the uh, worship team. There's an anointing on your Bible study. There's an anointing on, on you, what you do at work. There's an anointing on you, but the best way to get ahead, now listen to this, is give to a greater anointing, the corporate anointing. And listen, what she did, she gave 120 talents of gold. Oh, my God. Why would you give to somebody that had it all? Well, that's what we do every week. We give to the Lord, and he has it all. And this is what happened. When the king received what she had, and she had ships, ships coming, the navy. She had spices. She had all kinds of stuff. Some of y'all get mad at us because we take a little too long giving, giving teachings. But there's coming a day you're going to have to wait a long time for us to get all the givings up here. Uh, Y'all didn't hear what I said. I mean, how long did it take to get 120 bars? And the bars weighed as much as my wife of gold. How long does that take to get to the altar? How long does that take to put in the baskets? And then you got a Navy coming. She decided, I'm going to give out of my Navy too. How long does that take? And spices are unheard of, spice offering that has never been given again. How long did that take? I was talking about this uh, the other night that, you know, we go to some churches sometime and there's some poor people. And usually students are poor. Young people are poor. (laughs) because they spend all the allowance that their parents give them on Xboxes and everything else, and they're not taught how to give, and so they end up in a place with no money. But these students that are being turned on to God, what they do when they come in church, they give something. They will take their shoes off and leave them on the altar and not go pick them up. They'll take jackets off. They'll take belts off. They'll leave their rings, and they'll leave their jewelry but they just want to give because they understand reciprocity. They understand that it's better to give than to receive. And so Queen Sheba, she just gave this humongous offering. And, and then what, the, what does the king do? He starts giving back to her. This is an extravagant amount. It's like, when are you going to, stop all of this giving back and forth to each other and so and then some other people in her country heard about the giving I don't know if they had iPhones how that went back then but they must have had a real fast runner but people caught wind that she gave so now other people are giving they want to give to the king that they hadn't even met yet and so sometimes when we give big we spark other people to give Y'all understand, when we give, somebody say, I'm going to give big today. You're not giving big. You're not. I, I'm going to give big today. I'm going to give big today. I told the church Wednesday night, my wife gave all our money away last place we went to. Gave it all away. I didn't even have food to eat. I said, Sue, so we got something to eat? She said, nope. She, I said, well, let's go get something. She said, we don't have no money. I can't even buy groceries. You know, sometimes you just need to empty things. Sometimes you just need to give it away and trust the Lord. See how that feels. I'm telling you. I said, what do we have to eat? She said, nothing. I said, well, let's go to Walmart. I don't go to Walmart, but let's go to Walmart. And she said, I don't have no money. I said, you gave it all away. She gave it all away. Now, we could go dig up someone in some account somewhere, but as far as the checking account and money at our, just right there with, we have nothing. So I lost a couple of pounds. <laughs> you're not given to a man this is not about king solomon it's not about a, a a natural king this is about king jesus and so just as you make your way up here make your checks out to rmi and uh come in a way that of worship come in a way to impress the lord give out of your heart give by faith just give by faith to the king of kings and the lord of lords so much for that giving teaching huh (laughs) sir
1: Walk right through it. You bound my fear with perfect love. You rescued me so I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right. Are drowned in perfect love You rescued me So I will stand and sing I am a child of God I am a child of God
0: for everything that you will do today thank you what you started you will continue Passe Mahosaya Kalama Sete thank you Lord for everyone that gave today I pray that you would multiply it back to them exponentially Uh, thank you Lord they will receive a perpetual harvest from what they gave today in the name of Jesus, if y'all would leave one of those boxes there. I said perpetual. It might be a good time to really uh, give. <laughs> Amen. How you doing? You came in at the last minute, huh? I pre- you're doing so good. Doesn't she sound good? And you sang. They gave you a mic. They gave you a mic. I told you I know people here. I can help you out. Hey, Thomas. I want y'all always to dump it up here just so people that don't fall all over the floor back there and people are grabbing things. <laughs> Everybody sees what's going on. We have nothing to hide. Big Michael C, come on up here, man. Tell us what's going on. Where you going?
2: Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We're heading back to a place that put the fear of God in me. <laughs> what can I tell you? The first time I was on my way to India, Pastor, I was in a plane. It was uh, 12 years ago. And uh, something just kind of came over me while I was on the plane and I was right before the international dateline, line. Whew. And uh, I put the credit card in the phone and I called my house and I said, honey,
0: what's going on? I know where you're going.
2: And my wife was just as calm and just as peaceful as she could be. And I said, what's all that noise in the background, honey? My wife had hemorrhaged in my home with her baby. And they stuck her on a gurney, and she was packing her legs full of towels. She was bleeding everywhere, and they rushed her to the hospital. And I said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to the hospital. So when they got there, I didn't know this. I said, honey, I'm going to hit the ground, and when I land in India, I'm going to fly right back. She said, baby, it's going to be over by the time you get back. God sent you to India. You need to stay there. I said, what do you mean? She said, just call me when you land. Eleven doctors and nurses. My wife basically almost died on the operating table. My son was basically born dead. But God saved them both. The doctor came out. I don't know why, I don't know why this hit me, but the doctor came out and they said, if you know how to pray, you need to pray now. And they said, What do you mean? They said, We're not fighting for the baby's life, we're fighting for the mama and the baby, and they ordered three and a half units of blood, and my brother Tony just went off screaming and crying out to God, and everybody hit their knees, and Tony just got angry and started screaming to God, God, you can't let my sister-in-law die. I know what happened. The doctor said, she don't know what happened, but all the vital signs turned straight up. All the blood reappeared in her body, and they both living to death. <laughs> so I'm standing, years later, I'm standing in Stephen Nico's house. Four hours, I'm on the computer trying to rebook a ticket back to India, and I can't do it, man. I'm on the computer. I just, I just can't do it, But I'm standing there. And when I hit that button for enter, To go back to India years ago, literally my body was drenched in total sweat. It's like perspiration shot out of my body, and I looked like I stepped out the shower. Now we're on our way back to India. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm believing God for an amazing
0: things. Amen. Well, Lord, we thank you. Uh, This will be a trip to talk about. Thank you for protection. Thank you for the anointing on Michael's life. Thank you for favor wherever he goes. Uh, Thank you for hearts to be receptive, ears to hear, and eyes to see the miraculous move. Lord, I know what you've done with Mike on the mission field. He got ministered to on the mission field. He's got uh, growth, deliverance, set free, in areas on the mission field. And so, Lord, I thank you that this time when he goes back, he's bringing what he received. Yeah. And uh, thank you for the seed of God's word locked and planted in his heart that when he speaks, it'll be the oracles of God. I thank you for a gentleness. I thank you that his gentleness will be known to all men. I thank you that the anointing will open the doors, great doors, effective doors, just for him to spread the gospel in the name of Jesus. I don't know, I just see this, but I see you contacting people in the nations that again, you will see back here. You'll affect them there and move them and some of them will move here or have influence here. So you'll actually be preaching to people that will in days to come or years to come, will be back over here preaching as missionaries, as representatives, as emissaries, as ambassadors from their country to come here to help America. And so Lord, I thank you for protection over Mike's body. Uh, his, uh, I thank you for protection over his children, over his daughters over his sons, over his wife over his business, over his finances and I thank you Lord in him, in the go he won't lose but when he'll come back he'll have more here when he gets back than when, when he left Amen. in the name of Jesus you know I'm thinking about it I've said this before when the men went to the moon They came back eight minutes younger. So I don't know how that works, but I thank you when you come back, you'll have more. (laughs) I thank you you won't lose time, you'll gain time. I thank you you won't lose finances, it won't be spent, you'll receive when you come back. And so you'll have more when you come back than when you left. In Jesus, I thank you that things that are not in line will be in line. Things that are out of order will be in order when you come back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, this is just not a little courtesy prayer. I thank you that we're all not just wagging our heads and shaking our hands. Yeah, Mike, go for it, go for it. I thank you this is a real sending I thank you that we're all in agreement here and there'll be people in this church praying for you, maybe that never prayed for you before, that all that you do will be successful and you'll prosper at whatever you put your hands to. I thank you for many, many souls. I know Michael. Michael is a mobile talk show for God. And so he's not afraid, he's not ashamed. And uh, I thank you that his mouth will be the Lord's mouthpiece. His hands will be the Lord's hands. His feet will be the Lord's feet. And I thank you for much to be accomplished in the name of Jesus. Now that's anointing to do it. That's a house anointing. We send you with a house anointing. (laughs) That's the king's anointing. That's the house anointing. Go with the house anointing. It'll be the best trip you ever had. You'll get more accomplished on this trip than ever before, with less opposition. In the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. See yeah. under the Mananda, the word will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. The doors are already. I hear the doors already opening in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for the uh, venues and the menus. Thank you, Lord, for the places to go to peep, the places to let go of the Word of God. I thank you that the Word that comes out of you will be unbridled, unfettered, and unchained, and it will not return void in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you bringing your horn? Absolutely. Amen. We'll walk in on those churches like you walk in on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is good. I love you Mike Mike got saved under our ministry I did a funeral and he died (laughs) there were two people dead at that funeral one was in a coffin and one walked up to the altar call and gave his life to the Lord and been serving the Lord ever since amen I got to say it about Mike he pressed through when all odds were against him I'm even as pastor. I I think in the early start, Mike, I rebuke you more than anybody else in this church. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think nothing was going on, but a lot's going on. And the favor of God is on your life, and we're for you. And expecting God to do great, great things through you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, Pinnacle. There's so much. I'm going to just let you talk. Now, I remember praying for you. I know a lot of people prayed for you, but yeah. I knew what I prayed. You'd be <laughs> a leader. You'd be the top. Yeah. You'd be the head dog. You'd call the shots. You'd tell fear to leave. Anxiety leave. To. Amen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, going to Cambodia with y'all was so different than going to Honduras without y'all. And I really didn't realize fully the spiritual covering that y'all had over us while we were in Cambodia and um it stretched me it grew me uh and I, I appreciate the prayer for that as I left because and where'd you go
0: Honduras yeah
1: yeah um it was with a group of orthodontist and denti- my dentist and um a physician and we go we went to Waimaca which is about an hour and a half outside of Tegucigalpa, which is the capital. And um, they uh, the sister there, it's a, it's a Catholic nun that runs a school and a clinic. The education in that area for girls only goes to like age 12. And so this nun was sent there, she's um, originally from, from Colombia. She was sent there 18 years ago and her vision was to open a school for girls to be able to continue education through 12th grade and with the opportunity to go to university, to be able to be productive members, you know, in their society, to help their people. Um, so that's what she does. It's it's girls that walk down from the mountains and come to this school, and they're able to stay there for the week. They have little dorms and stuff because of how far they have to walk. They can't go to school every day. They have to walk there and they're there during the week and they, they do all their own stuff. Um, some of them speak very little English. Um, the nuns translated for us. And uh, as far as us, we were in a hotel um, in Guamaca. <clears throat> it was very, uh, a little bit nerve-wracking at times. Uh, we had a, a man that actually guards us as we go from the, uh, the hotel into, like, the restaurant and stuff. And uh, there was... Just every now and then, it's like my flesh was, like, you know, really getting nervous and everything. And so I I just kept praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Uh, You know, being that we were with a group of Catholics, I was trying to not over you know, offend them in any kind of way or, or, but there was times it's just, I'm sorry, God had to come out. So he did. <laughs> so I just, there was several times I was just like, <laughs> That's your like, lifeline. I was like, God, if they think I'm weird, they think I'm weird. You know? Um, however, one lady in our group, she, when she would see me and Kathy doing that, she was just smiling and everything. Well, she came to us one day and told us, she said, I have a friend who, uh, whose husband has been battling cancer, and uh, he, they got rid of it, but he's been having some tests, and things are, you know, starting to look suspicious, so he needs to go to an MRI, you know, get an MRI done. So, um, you know, if y'all could just be in prayer and everything, and I looked at Kathy, and I said, we're praying now. So I, <laughs> we grabbed her hand, and again, I mean, when I'm praying for somebody, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. So I just, Lord, we just thank you for Jay. It's a man named Jay, which thought about Jay Trago with the healing and so uh so we just prayed I prayed that that his MRI was going to show clear that you know Lord you are our great physician I can't remember everything I said and I just and I was just praying and praying and and then um and I looked at the lady's face and she was just like (laughs) you know so she um Anytime she would see Kathy and I pray, if we were praying for a situation or whatever, I could just see her lighten up. So even though she's Catholic, I can see she's hungry. So Kathy and I will be just talking with her and just keep. Well, at one point we were in in one of the airports and she got a text and her eyes just lit up and she looked at Kathy and I. And she held uh, the phone and the phone was from the wife and said, The MRI was completely clear. He is cancer free. (laughs) And the lady looked at Kathy and I and she said, it's because y'all prayed. And I said, no, it's because he's the great healer. He can do this. You know, he, this is what he does. And so she was really touched. And then, uh, our, our, after we did each day, we would do, uh, dental work and the physician that was with us would see kids and stuff. And, um, There was so many things I wanted to say, but them not speaking English, me not speaking Spanish, was just, you know, I kept praying for people just as we go. Um, We were supposed to drive back to Tegucigalpa Friday morning to catch um, our plane, but over there, the government is trying to privatize healthcare and education. The teachers had been striking but there hadn't been any violence or protest or anything beforehand, or Sister Maria would have told us don't come. While we were there, it shifted into some protesting and some violence. So she said, okay, we're gonna have to drive back to Tegucigalpa Thursday evening because we wanna try to get y'all as close to the airport as possible. So when we drove in, we started noticing all of the businesses close to the airport, especially American businesses, you know, Popeyes, Pizza Hut, stuff like that. All the windows had been busted out. There was uh, some people had gotten injured and things like that. So we were, of course, getting a little, you know, a little nervous, a little antsy. And, you know, my flesh was starting to get out. I'm like, no, no, Lord, you, you are gonna protect me through this. I know I have people praying. I know you have a hedge of protection around me and uh, you know kathy and i would pray and everything so we uh we had a restaurant right on the you know pretty close to where we were it was denny's and so we were going to go eat at denny's and there was an armed guard at our hotel and he kind of watched us go to denny's so we ate at denny's we uh well actually before we went to denny's a lady was walking up the steps and she looked at us and she said y'all are missionaries from america right and we said yes ma'am and she said um oh, your flight was delayed today as well because they closed the airport. And we were like, no, we're flying out tomorrow. What do you mean they closed the airport? And she said, oh yeah, she said, they came in and they threw uh, tear gas bombs at us. And she said, as a matter of fact, the gas made me faint. And so we were like, "Uh, okay. And again, I mean, I just had to start praying again because it was the, you know, I didn't want fear to take over. Um, And she said, Tomorrow's going to be good because the president now ordered protection at the airport. So immediately I felt the Holy Spirit say, I got this. You know, this happened today for protection for you tomorrow. So I was like, thank you, God. So then she says, I know a a driver. I know a personal taxi driver here. He's bringing me to the airport at 530. I'm going to get him to come back for you at 630. Because we were actually going to be walking to the airport. Because sister didn't know anybody that she could trust with us so well one of the doctors out with us he said i don't think that was coincidence that we ran into her and i said well, it wasn't it was divine intervention and i said Amen. god <laughs> sent that lady to us to give us this ride Amen. to the airport so we got to the airport and as the president had ordered all the militia was there full riot gear you know, that was a little intimidating but we were able to get into the airport behind security as we were in the airport safe, back out in town, the riots were starting again. They burned the Denny's that we ate at the, the night before. They set fire to the entryway of the U.S. Embassy. Yeah, so it was a it was a little intense, but we um we kept praying, and you know we just we flew out of there. And when we got to Houston, that the weather had us reroute so we ended up missing our flight we had to go to san antonio to refuel to go north to go into houston and i just you know i was like hey it is what it is in in the natural it doesn't look good but i know we don't know what god could have saved us from in that situation the lady again that was so excited about us praying and everything she came over to us and she said well all this going on and you're still just smiling and i said well (laughs) yes ma'am i said I got Jesus, I'm good, you know, and she was just like, Tch. so then she said, uh, Kathy says, well, you know, we're we are to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding, and the lady's face just dropped, and she said, somebody just sent me that scripture, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, Amen. and uh, so I was able to talk to these, lot, you know, these Catholics and keep assuring them that God's hand was in all of this, the window the window of safety for us to get after that you know to us to arrive there after those protests had stopped and then to get out of the country before all the other you know protests even in the hotel that we stayed at in Tegucigalpa even though it was um a Buddhist Mm -hmm. even though it said Hotel America they had a Buddha on the counter and they had a shrine on the wall very much like Mm -hmm. the ones we saw in Cambodia when we were fixing to leave of course I don't speak Spanish but I knew the tune. So when y'all sang Waymaker this morning, I thought, really, God? <laughs> because it was da-da-da, da 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 Like I said, I don't know Spanish. And I just looked at Kathy, and I was like, Waymaker. They're playing Waymaker. This is a Buddhist hotel, and they're playing Waymaker. I was like, oh, God, you are so good.
0: <laughs> Amen. But
1: that's just, um, I, it was really amazing to see God's hand. And, I mean, there was... Other testimonies as well, but that was just for me, that was such a strong, you know, without y'all being there. Like I said, without that without under being you alls under y'all's spiritual covering there, it was really uh it was amazing. So thank you for everybody who prayed. I'm back safe.
0: (laughs) You're back safe. Your husband has you. And Mike, you'll be safe too. Nothing will pierce your body in any kind of way. In the name of Jesus. Uh, real quick. Could you put that first scripture up? Who's that back there John? John. <clears throat> you okay, where's Nick Nick Come on, Nick. Nick where's Nick? Nick. Nick's going to the military. We want to pray for you. Stand right there. Right there. When you're leaving. Lord, we just pray for Nick. Thank you, Lord, for protection on his life. Thank you that his body was built to be a Marine, Lord. I thank you that he'll get the best of everybody there. I thank you that he'll get the attention he needs, the favor that he needs, and I thank you, Lord, he won't be low rank but high ranked. And I thank you, even through the, the basic training, nothing by any means will harm his body. There won't be any kind of lateral um, harm come to him from an, another Marine, a associate. I thank you, Lord, in everything that he does. He'll have a hedge of protection around his body. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, you open up his mouth and bring the scriptures—the scriptures that make us wise—make them come out of his mouth to the people that he's around. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, where's the bulletin, sir? I told y'all we had a lot of things to do. Uh, we know this scripture—the uh, the translation that we usually uh, quote—is, you know, people perish for lack of wisdom. In the NIV it says where there is, that's really not in the original. Where there is, it's just in there for us to maybe better understand it. It really says no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, with no revelation, with no gospel. I just talked about it with our own government. There's not a gospel in the government. There's no restraint. Pretty much anything goes. And so people without a revelation, they cast off the restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Now let's look at it in the message version. It says again, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. If you don't know what God's up to, you you understand, you're going to just be walking aimlessly through life. If you don't know what God is up to, if you don't know His will, if you don't know His truth, if you don't have a personal, everyday relationship with Him, you're gonna find in life you're just walking around basically with no purpose, no fulfillment. But with revelation, you understand that keeps us focused. So it says if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. And they really stumble upon themselves, all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are blessed. So who wants to be blessed? Yes. Well, you need to hear from the Lord. And when you hear from the Lord, that's the vision. Whether it's, from, whether it's for your family, your business, your ministry, a direction. When you hear from the Lord, you understand that is the blessing. And of course, something will materialize because once you put your feet and your hands to it, God will bless what you do with what you heard. Y'all with me? And so I started thinking about vision. So briefly, I want to talk about the vision for this church because I feel like uh, we have been in a season maybe for the last couple of years of, of the vision has just not been caught in this church. And so when people don't catch the vision, they have their own mindset. They have their own concept. They have their own way of just like figuring out things the best they know how to do something for God. Y'all with me? And so we need a concise vision here. And if you can't connect to the vision, we won't connect with you. It's just like you just won't be with us. You just won't be here. And I'm not speaking negative. I'm not prophesying a negative word. But if you don't catch the vision, you have no reason to stay here because you have no purpose in the vision if you don't know it. And oftentimes, if you get connected to another man's vision, then you'll own your own one day. You have to uh, work in another man's vision before the Lord's going to give you your own vision. And, And prayerfully, this is my heart that your connection with us will not be detrimental to you in any kind of way. It's not going to hurt you being connected with us. It's actually going to help you because one day your vision will come. You'll take your place. You'll be sent where you need to go because we're not wanting to keep anybody here. There'll be plenty that stay. And so my heart is not to hurt you. But you get connected with us. See our vision that one day you can walk in the vision that the Lord has for you. And it basically will come out of here. You'll be sent out of here. You'll leave here. You won't leave here mad. You won't leave here disgruntled. You'll have purpose here. And then you'll find your purpose in your ministry or in your life or, or whatever. Y- y'all got that? And so this is the vision of this house, could you put that scripture up? Uh, Proverbs twenty-nine. Proverbs twenty-nine. No, Proverbs eleven twenty-nine. you will give John a little encouragement back there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. So we have to get our households in order. <laughs> okay. Yes. And the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Next verse. Now this is it. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. So if you connect the dots in this scripture, the fruit of the righteousness of the righteous is winning souls. That's the fruit of the righteous. You, you can say what you want. There's a lot of things come through righteousness. There's a lot of benefits that we have, but the true fruit of righteousness Is that you win souls. Another translation says you save lives. That's what it means. To win a soul is to save a life. To win a soul is to save a life. To win a soul to Jesus Christ is to save a life. I'm going to say it again. To win a soul is to save a life. And I'm going to tell you, I said this before, but in 2015, 2016, and 2017, I had more purpose in my heart than I've ever had in all the ministry days of past. I had more fulfillment, more was accomplished, because we were all about saving souls. And for the last year, not a whole lot's been going on. I take full responsibility for it. I know there's people out there witnessing, but it's not like it used to be. We've all gotten a little dull. We've all tried some other things. We've all maybe gone the easy route. Many of us have said, you know what? That's not my call. The fruit of righteousness is to save lives. I don't care what you think. The fruit of righteousness is to save lives. And if you're not interested in people, this is really not your church. I'm just going to be up front. This is really not your church if you're not interested in people. Now, listen, you might not be interested in now, but if you hang around, you will be. So don't leave. But I'm just telling you, that is the vision of this church is to see souls saved. Everywhere we go, there's lost souls. Well, I'm, I'm a teacher. We can get people saved. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I do children's church. You can still get people saved. I run a business and I'm going to finance the kingdom. That's cool. Continue to do it. We need you, but you need to save lives. That's not my call. Yes, it is. I'll read it again. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. Now, there are a lot of things that go into winning a soul. Now we know about you know people confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and uh, they make a heart, a genuine uh, confession of faith. That's how I got saved. My soul was saved. Some, somebody was concerned about my life. So they witnessed to me. They presented the gospel to me. Many presented it. I even said yes to something, but it never got in my heart. But I'm thankful they were planting that seed. Yeah. And one day, One day, people, Christians, reap my life into the kingdom of God. My soul was saved, my life was saved. Because my life was saved, my marriage was saved. Because my marriage was saved, my children got saved. Because my children got saved, my grandchildren are saved. And we're all serving the Lord. Come on. So we're all about saving lives. We're not a program church. We're not a humanitarian church. We will give arms. We will feed the poor. But we're going to preach the gospel. That's what we're going to do. We're going to preach the gospel. A life without the gospel is dead. A government without the gospel is broke and can't be fixed. A marriage without a gospel at best is a good relationship. It takes the gospel to put things right. And so we all got to be in. And so this is what I'm doing. Every bulletin is going to have the script in it. Well, I don't like the script. Well, what do you do? Just get it in your heart. And I'm telling you, there's people everywhere waiting for you. Waiting for you to present them the gospel. And so you need to become skilled at winning souls. It's not hit and miss. You got a strategy and this is the outline. You, you will, you can tear this off. Look at him. Every, every week you come to the main event and there's a script and it's for somebody. It is for somebody. Get it in your heart and be looking for that person. I cranked up my Bible school students yesterday. That first thing I did, I said, y'all, listen, if you can't be hot where you are, you'll never be hot. You want in a ministry? If you can't be hot on the streets, if you can't be hot in your workplace, if you can't be hot with your own family, don't even think about the Lord giving you anything else. You got to be hot wherever you drop. You just got to be hot. Yeah. See how quiet it is? <laughs> just quiet. Uh, we should always just be like lurking. I'm telling you, I'm praying. I'm praying for souls. And you say, well, pastor, we got so many people saved in those years. Where are they? You know what? Those naysayers came along and started speaking in my head, so I dropped it all. And people came around saying there's a better way. There's not a better way. Present Jesus Christ alive to whoever you run into. That's the way you do it. Be gentle, be polite. Be respectful, but offer them salvation. Come on, somebody. Now, you can use your power gifts. You can use your gifts. You can do whatever you want, but come to the place that you offer them what Jesus paid for. Y'all real quiet. Mm -hmm. And I'm cranking up. What? I know, Sue, that's good. Sue, she was the first one to get cranked up in the school. Went straight to Walmart. Lord, where, where is she? Where's that lady? Well, I mean, she's lurking. She's like a lizard on a branch with her, her thing on. <coughs> so we need to talk about it. This is, <coughs> and listen, if you don't have a purpose, you have no reason to connect to the body of Christ. And I believe with all of my heart, this is God's heart. This is God's heart that everyone be mobilized. Everybody, everybody. Well, I'm you in Christ. You're the hottest thing here. And I'm, I want to crank up all the 50 and over. I'm, I'm going to address y'all. Anybody 50 and over here? <laughs> well, we have a meeting at uh, Mary and Ray's. And I'm telling you, uh, 50 and over is a dangerous, is a dangerous time in your life. You know why? Because you're getting a little older and things become common and you're getting to be a little comfortable. And let me tell you this, all through the Bible, old people backslid. David was an older man. He decided, well, I don't have to go. I'm not going to war anymore. So he's sitting out on his, his top floor looking at the beach and this pretty little thing came out. And next thing you know, he didn't messed up. Solomon's the same way. He was doing good till he got a little older. Even Saul, Saul backslid at an old age. Hezekiah, Hezekiah was a man of God. But as he got older, all of a sudden, he's worshiping idols again. What happened? Everything in the kingdom of God became common. It just became common. Well, I've been to church. I did. I mean, I heard everything pastor said. And if you don't have a reason to work in the kingdom beyond just working in church, you will not stay. It's, it, you'll be a target. You will get so disgruntled. You will get so like constipated, frustrated with your brothers and sisters. You, we won't like you and you won't like us. And there'll be this strife going on because you don't have a purpose. The Father wants you to begin to witness and show your faith. Come on somebody. And there were old men in the Bible. Caleb was one. He was like 80, and his strength, he was stronger then than he was when he was young. and he went into the promised land. Come on, somebody. So old people, you ain't retiring if you stand in this church we need you mobilized we need you activated we need you helping all the young people that's coming in this church i don't care if you gray head bald head or wearing somebody else's hair we need you you are not too far gone you are not too too old you you are not too slow you understand we need you you've already lived life you've accomplished some things you've learned some areas and, and you know how not to fail in Samaria. So you can teach it to the young people. We need you. We need the gray, gray-headed people. Yeah. So that's that group of people. Then there's a group, you know, you know, the 30s people. And you like Samson. You're full of strength. You, 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 you want to do something in life. Yeah. I mean, just wanting to do something in life. But this is what, what happens. When you like 30, you know what you're dealing with? Family matters. You know, it's, it's just, you you fighting. That's what happened to Samson. You know, his parents disowned him because he had this, uh, what you call them, women? Hoochie, hoochie mama. Them, he had a hoochie mama. <laughs> and his parents didn't like the hoochie mama lady. And so they basically disowned him. And they threw him to the side and it kind of wrecked his life. And so from that point on, he's fighting in life. And I'm telling you, the 30 year old, 25, 35, 40, 45 in there, you always fighting. You know, you're, you're trying to make enough money to keep your head above water. You got like four kids. Two of them are rebellious. The other ones don't even talk. You understand you some of you have them in diapers and you can't wait to get them out of diapers. But when you get them out of diapers, now they're running around and you got to buy them toys. And now they're going in school and then you got to deal with school. And now you're so insecure and, and can't be dependent on God. So you put them in piano, baseball, softball, hockey, gymnastic. Because you're trying to fulfill your life, what you didn't get in your life, and you're shoving it all on your children, and you're so busy you don't even have time for God. And so it's a constant fight. It's a constant fight. When you're that age too, you're still trying to run from some youthful lust. You're still battling. It's just, it's just a fight. I was that old, I know. You gotta fight with your boss. You got to, you got to just all this stuff. You got school and then you get out, of, get them out of college and nice out of high school, nice college. And it's just now, you know, it, that you had to buy them a bike. Now you got to buy them a car. You got to buy them insurance and you can't just buy them a whoop doop They got to have a two door with a slanted glass and it just fight, 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 fight. Ah, anybody like that? And then you think your kids are crazy. You think they're crazy. You want to beat them sometime, but it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's just always a fight. It's a fight. But Jacob was a type of the old man. Jacob lost his dream. Old people, don't lose your dream. Don't lose your dream. Jacob lost his son, Joseph, lost his dream. He thought he was dead. And some of you older people, you think you're dead. You ain't dead. The rest of your life is going to be better than the beginning of your life. You got to kind of have an attitude and get up off of your horse. Come on, man. You got to get with us. You got to stay in the game. Don't leave. Don't bow out. Don't quit. Don't look at things as common. You got to get in here. And I'm telling you, one day, Jacob was down. He even talked about it. Ain't nothing going right. I mean, I lost my son, and then I got all my other sons lost in Egypt, and I'm all by myself here. And then one day, he saw wagons coming down the road. And it was Joseph. Joseph sent these wagons. And all of a sudden, the Bible says his spirit was revived at an old age. His eyes were getting dim, but all of a sudden, his spirit was revived. Same thing happened to Samson. You know, I mean, he's in a constant fight. He found his his mother in law's jawbone one day. I mean, a donkey's jawbone one day. And he took that mother, I mean, that donkey jawbone. And he started whirling it because he was frustrated with the Philistines. And I'm telling you, in a matter of hours, he killed a thousand, a thousand. A 1,000 Philistines. And when he was finished, he was like, <gasps> <sighs> and that's like these young people, 30, 35, they worn out, totally worn out. Don't know, can't do nothing at church. Can't make it to church. Can't be a part of the church. Can't even think about getting somebody saved. They're just worn out. Too many basketball games, too many football games, too many proms, too many... Too many car shows, too many monster truck shows. I mean, it's just on and 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 on. And that's how he was. He was fighting, just like some of you. And then when he finally beat everybody, he said, Lord, what you going to do now? Kill me because I don't have no more life in me. And all of a sudden, the Lord saw his heart. And the Bible says that the Lord opened up a hole, a hollow in the ground and water started to pull out pour out. And what he did, he drank from that water. And the Bible says he was revived. And so you can't fight your whole life. You need to step aside sometimes, get in the face of God and let the Holy Ghost come upon you and let the Holy Ghost have your agenda and surrender your agenda and all of these activities because they're really not helping your family. You're just moving. You're just moving. You're just moving and they will have everything you think they need, but they, will n- they may not have seen their parents serving the Lord. And don't think, if, don't think your children will come to church if you don't. My mama thought that. She'd give me the car keys and say, go to church. Hmm. How many of y'all know I didn't go to church? <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Our privilege. Take the car, go to church. <laughs> ah, no way. She's telling me to go to church. She ain't going to church. She does now. now. (laughs) So you understand, you're setting the example right now. You know what we need? We need little toddlers leading people to the Lord. That's what we need. We need the old people showing the 30s and the 40s, this is how you do it. I ain't scared. I got gray hair. They'll just write me off of being old and crazy. So I just tell everybody about Jesus. I just lay hands on everybody. I don't care. I only got, you know, I only got 40 years left to go. I'm going to just pray for everybody wherever I go. Let them call me crazy. and just write me off as being crazy. I'm going to just do it. That's what we need you old people doing. Yeah. You need to show these 30s and 40s. You got it and transfer it. Give them the baton. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody say revival. revival. And everybody's saying Next generation, it's the, genera- the next generation. The next generation is gonna take over. I know if they know it ain't it gonna be the next generation, it's gonna be this generation helping the next generation. They ain't gonna do nothing without us. You understand? So, gray head, bald head, no hair, somebody else's hair, get busy. It's all about souls. It's all about souls. It's all about souls. If you have a friend at work, just take it easy, live it before them. But if somebody's just walking down the road, and you know you'll never see him again. Just tell them about Jesus. Just tell them about Jesus. Yes. I'm telling you, wherever the gospel is not, there's not going to be prosperity. Wherever the gospel is not, the devil's going to have his hands in it. The gospel's got to be in every hole, every crevice, every place that we go. Don't depend on anybody else. You are the hub. You are the part of God that needs to be used right where you are. And so we, we, and Chris is going out on the streets today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Chris. If if you're scared, just go and just watch. But you know, you need to see the poor. You you need to see. I'm glad, uh, Nicole, you went to another country without us. Good for you. (laughs) It's not easy, but you went. You got the badge. And then Elijah, the Shunammite's woman, the Shunammite's son died. He died. And all of a sudden, because he died, she felt she was to blame. She went to the prophet and said, you know, why is this happening? Why is this, why are you bringing this to my remembrance? Why did you give me this child? So she felt like she did something wrong, but she didn't do anything wrong. God had a plan and what the prophet did, he went lay on that child seven times, put his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands and his mouth on his mouth. That's how close we need to get to people. This is spiritually speaking, so don't get all spooky on me. (laughs) We need to get close to people. And because he did that, you know what happened to that child? He was revived. We bring revival. We fix what's broken. What's in disorder, we bring order. That's just what we do. That's just what we do. My whole uh, vision here, you got to get it. I've been saying this for years, and there's so many people who don't even know what the vision is. And if there's not a vision, one vision, there's division, and there's chaos, and there's no clarity. We all have to be working in the same area. Souls, people's lives need to be saved. You know, if you're a first responder, that's all you're thinking about when that red light goes off. I got to go because somebody's life is in jeopardy and I am the person that's been put in the place to save lives and we're no different here. Life matters. I think soul winning is worship to God. It's worship to God. Soul winning really expresses your love to God. Listen to me. Soul winning, telling people what God did for you. It's like, that's the greatest worship. I mean, I love song services, but when you just take your life and you tell people where you came from and what your God did for them, and then you get to the point they are so amazed at what God did in your life. They think you, they could never have that. And then you just lay it out. You can have what I have. You can have exactly what I have. Listen, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to th- be thinking about saving people's lives. Whatever we do, the whole children's church is set up But eventually it's all about saving lives. Any feeding program that we have, we'll feed them. It'll cost a lot of money, but eventually it's all about saving lives. Any Bible study, it's it's all a Bible study. It's all good, but it's all about saving lives. Whatever we do, the bottom line, the common denominator with all of us is let's Lord give me the opportunity to tell them about you. I can see it's going to take a little work. But I'm in it. I can see already it's going to take a little work. But I'm in. Y'all praying? We praying? I'm praying the vision is this, preach. Jesus. To who? Everybody. It can't be fixed without the gospel. I don't care how you I don't care how you sugar it up. Nice ain't going to fix nothing. Be nice. You know, all of our uh, signage and all of our uh, theatrical moments that we have before people do all that you have to do, but the only thing that's going to fix it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you will not be ashamed of the gospel and his name because it worked for you. It'll work for anybody else. And if we don't spread it, we're selfish. This does not grow a church, but it grows some strong people. They, I'm telling you, we're going to war. We're going, we're warring for souls. We're we're going to snatch people out of the fire of hell. We're we're coming to plunder hell to populate heaven. We're coming to jerk people out of evil, jerk people out of the grip of the enemy, jerk people out of demonic possession, jerk people out of sickness and disease and uh, generational curses and hexes and vexes and all of this crazy stuff that their own families put on them. We're going to jerk people out of religion, fear, and torment. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm 65. Y'all can vote me out in about 20 years. But until then, uh, this is what I'm going to do. This is what we're doing. Who said that? And so, you know, I'm not hearing stories and testimonies about the goodness of God. I'm not, I'm not hearing it. I'm listening. Well, Pastor, you hadn't talked to me yet. Well, before, it would just bubble out. People would run up to me. You heard what the Lord did? You heard the Lord used me to do this? And, and I'm telling you, the church was like a beehive. Buzzing. Buzzing. I take full responsibility. I'm telling you, I'm taking full responsibility. But it's not going to stay like this. The fire of God is still in this house. And the fire of God is in this house to get souls saved. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You cute little administrator, you do it good, but get some people saved. You know what I'm saying? Y'all missionaries, I called you the right thing. You know what missionaries do here? Get people saved. That's what they do. That's what they do there. That's what they do here. Hallelujah. Ray, don't you get old on me. You wrapped around a pretty little thing right there. Life ain't over. Now there's two of y'all. One, a thousand of all. Two, ten thousand. It's time. It's time. It's time. I mean, go just. Michael's Corsentina is a mobile talk show for Jesus. I've never heard anybody like that. Just. it don't matter where he goes. And he's never worried about, was it just right? How how did I do? What do you think? He just does it. You're one of those. Don't let anything hold you back. You're one of them. You're one of them. He put your marriage back together. And he had nothing to do with it. He just got caught in a trap. <laughs> you understand? You're still living. What you gonna do? Start telling people about Jesus. Cancer thought it had you. What you gonna do? You from White Castle. You need to do something. <laughs> Terry, the Lord has brought you out. Peggy, Marcia. Marsha. We pray. Let's do something. Miss. You're not too old, pretty lady. Y'all, there's a Spanish group of people wherever you go. I can't talk to them. You're a little evangelist. You need to open your mouth up. If somebody coughs, you pray for them. If somebody limps, you lay hands on them. Same here. You had that at 16. Don't let it fall away. Don't let it leave you. You're around people all the time, Mr. Brown. Start opening your mouth up by Jesus Christ. Y'all love people. I mean, y'all have a way, there's just an attraction to y'all. I mean, people are just drawn to you, just by your looks, how you handle yourself. And the bottom line is, tell them about Jesus. If you're gonna error, tell them about Jesus. If you're gonna error a lot, tell them too much about Jesus. Yeah. All this stuff about you're going to push people away. People are going to hell. I mean, it's just, we, we make so many excuses. This is the church. This is the church for this hour. This is the church that was put here for the Baton Rouge metropolitan area. We want God to use us. It's not about how many degrees you had it's not about how smart you are it's not about who you came from or what your last name is it's about the one that bought you with the price of his life and gave you life when you didn't have any life and took you up out of the miry clay and set your feet that you can begin now to do something big for him we owe it to him i'm gonna say it again witnessing sharing your faith is a worship to god I think he gets crazy excited about that. It's the love expression that, God, you did it for me. You're going to run through me, and I'm going to do it for somebody else. Your pastor's about to go to another level. I'm tired of people, uh, you know, governments, schools, Association, just saying this to us. No, you can't be a part of this. No, you can't say that. No, you can't do this. No, you 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 hateful because you believe the Bible. Call me what I am, but we're gonna preach the gospel in love. The love of God, the compassion for people, is gonna be what compels us. We're gonna be nonstop. We're gonna be like a locomotive. We're gonna be like a train picking up passengers. Who want to go to the other side. Come on somebody. I'm telling you. I remember what sin did to me. Made me feel empty. Unfulfilled. No purpose. Least and least. Forgotten. Not recognized. Not ever good enough. No identity. That was me. Till Jesus got a hold of me. Once he got a hold of me, I got a hold of him. (laughs) And we've been fighting with each other ever since. Who loves who the most? How many minutes we talk on the phone just nonsense or business and the word Jesus never comes up? Listen, don't get all excited about talking to each other about Jesus. That's easy. Your brother and sister got Jesus. Now, we will continue to encourage each other, iron sharpens iron, but I'm talking about preach to the crowds so we can get them in here. Well, pastor, we did that and they're not in here. We're going to go at it again. We're going to go at it again. I'm telling you, we got so blessed from those three years. This has never, ever happened to me in the 30 years I've been saved. We just started going for souls, and all of a sudden, somebody says, that church is hot, and so they just joined with us and just dumped all kinds of funds in this whole Baton Rouge area. That's our heart, and they just just associated with us, and we made a mark, and we are known. I'm just talking about church. And there's plenty of churches like us. We're not the only one. But we made a mark. We made an impression. And people know that we're not going anywhere. We are here to stay. And it all came from getting focused. I'm telling you, you will walk aimlessly, you will never grow, you will just be frustrated. You will be this lukewarm Christian if you don't get the heart of the Father. And I'm telling you, if you're getting with God, if you're getting with God through the name of Jesus, via the Holy Spirit, the Father's going to talk to you about souls. And that's why I'm concerned about this church sometimes, that if you're with the Father, He's wanting souls. It's not a one-way street with just us. He wants to work to us, in us, for us, through us. That is his heart. That's why he sent his son. And so I know if you meet face-to-face with God, he's going to mess you up because he's going to have you with a heart to save lives. He didn't send his son here just to send his son here. His son reaped a harvest and we are part of the fruit of that harvest. I didn't read the scripture, but I'm going to talk about it. Joel prophesied about a spirit that would be poured out. And then once the spirit was poured out, Peter stood up with the 11 and he started preaching the same message of Joel. This is that that the prophet Joel talked about, that in the last days, then, then Peter said, I will pour out of my spirit the of was added i don't know where all that is, is in the greek or what but it just caught my attention in other words the spirit has already been poured out in you and i now if you don't pour yourself out in somebody else they'll never have what you have so you're the little teacup that needs to be poured out and if you don't pour out people don't get so this is the deal what god poured out of he poured into something And what he poured into, now he wants to pour out of. Some of y'all will catch that in a couple of days. But he poured his spirit out in you. And now by faith, he wants your voice to begin to be activated. He wants you mobilized and start telling people about the goodness of God. And it doesn't happen in the natural. It happens in the spirit. You have to have a heart for people going to hell. I can't give you that. You need to get in the face of the Father. Maybe some of y'all, maybe some people need to see hell. I, I pray you see hell before you see heaven. Because if you see heaven, then you you know, it's all about us, about what we're going to. But what about those that are not going? It's a hideous place. It's not a place of make-believe. It will be eternal damnation. It will be everlasting torment. And you might say, well, how could my God does that? My God doesn't do that. People choose to go there because maybe they didn't accept what they heard. And so don't make somebody a candidate not to go to heaven. Don't look at anybody too hard. The worst one, the hardest one, the most difficult in your life, that's the one that needs Jesus the most. I can't help them. That's the one that needs help. Oh, my ugly cousin, that's the one that needs help. Oh, my boss, he's so vile, he's a rank head. That's the one that needs Jesus. The worst ones are the ones you need to minister to. I mean, don't go to the other church when they come out of church Tell them about Jesus. That was a pastor's job. (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's get our hands dirty. Who's ready to get their hands dirty? (laughs) Can we get a head count to make sure everybody comes back next week? (laughs) Listen, there's young people giving their little bodies away. letting young men put their hands all over these young children because they hadn't got the concept of real purpose in life yet. And we got the goods in our hands and got the goods in our heart and we're not saying anything. I'm telling you, you young people right now, don't let no man touch you. you. You are worth more than that. You are worth more. Then some young man telling you all of this filthy stuff. You walk away from them, spit in their face, and then call me if they give you trouble. You are, you are worth so much more than that. Don't you put up with that. It's just a lure. And, of course, those little young men that are doing that, they need Jesus too. I had one come here the other night. He here today. I told him, you touch my granddaughter, I got five gallons of gasoline. And I will use it. I told him. He didn't come this morning. <laughs> Did I, sir? Is he here? I hope he's here. Get the tape. Don't you touch with mine. <laughs> this is the church church needs to be mobilized always active and i'm telling you i know there's people that come here that just you see this is a common thing this is not the spirit of god is here and the waters of god the holy ghost is he's stirring things right now and if you're in the sound of my voice i know you know, understand, you'll be convicted of this and you'll feel like you're not big enough or you're not capable or you don't qualify. I got it. We all feel like that. But it's to call in the commission on our lives to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. That's my second step. Everybody here needs to be making a disciple. You understand? Even young ladies. Y'all can find a little younger person. Just give them what you know. Brennan, somebody that doesn't know what you know, start giving them what you know. It's discipleship. If you're not discipling, you're really not getting your your hands dirty. Well, I just want to support the pastor. No, I need you to get out in the field, put your hands on the plow that God put your name on, and get in the field you need to be in and start plowing. Well, hallelujah. (laughs) You want to prosper in your life? You want God to be on your side? You start telling everybody about his son Jesus, he'll take care of you. Money will come from different places. i tell you, quail will come out the sky. Water will come out of rock. You start telling people about Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, my father is going to take care of your household if you preach the gospel that his son lived. He lived, he died, he rose from the grave. And I'm telling you, he will finance that. He will support anybody that does that. I'm telling you, we will never go without. You will always have more than enough. Single people, you want to get ahead, start preaching. Start preaching. You want to get ahead as a young person, start preaching the gospel. Just start preaching. If you're broke as an ain't and you're poor, just start preaching. God's going to fund his gospel. God's going to fund his laborers, break it speak it in the gospel. He's going to do it. Sha Shake Hallelujah. I'm not mad. I just really feel like this is the Lord. Whew. if you're here today and you're on the wrong side of the gospel and your life is not in order. And if you died today, you wouldn't go to heaven because your salvation's already been purchased. You just have to receive it. And that's, that's a, uh, a faith step, and it's by grace. I don't know if there's somebody here. If you died today, you would not go to heaven. I want to minister to you. I just want to pray for you. In two minutes, we'll get you in heaven. It's that easy. It can't be that easy. Well, if it's any it's works. It's all about performance, and that's not what it's about. Anybody here, if you die today, you don't know if you would go to heaven. Anybody? Everybody know? <laughs> Listen, we should be so wise. Listen to me. We should be so wise. When people walk in that door, you know by the Spirit. It's called discerning of spirits. You can know whether they saved or not. Or maybe, maybe not saved, but you can know if they're a little off and they need help. And you can know if they're living for the devil. The Lord will just show you. And so people should get saved before they come through the door. You walk up to somebody and say, hey, can I get you a cup of coffee? And you just start talking to people and just pop the question. You know Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior? It's what we do. Does White Castle need help? You know what will help White Castle? You start getting people saved. I heard the other day, 50,000. You don't hear everything on the news, but I'm listening to the tweets from Rodney Howard Brown. 50,000 Iranians got saved. 50,000. <laughs> They're not going to put that on the news. You know how that can change a country? Many of them may lose their lives. But I'm telling you, salvation is so powerful. It can change a whole city, a whole region. I know
1: that.